Have you ever gotten up in the morning, washed, dressed, eat, drink, go through your normal routines, getting ready for the day, only to get up the next day and do the same thing? Sometimes we go through those routines looking forward to the day with joy and excitement. But sometimes we go through so much repetition that we wonder if there's any real meaning to our lives. It's as though these two energies are battling in our soul. We live at two levels. One, the happy smiling, anticipating level, looking for the good in the day, and the other with discouragement and a downward drag. And into the lives of men and women came Jesus of Nazareth, who Mark's Gospel tells us, proclaimed that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe The good news. And then later he began teaching that we should pray to a parental God, our Father who art in heaven, and to a holy God, hallowed be thy name. And then he gives a petition and hope. Thy kingdom come. But Jesus never tells us in a nice, neat definition what that kingdom is. He says, well, it's, it's like this. It's like that. It's as if a person did this. If another person went on a journey. And he gives all these different images and ideas, thoughts about the kingdom of God. But he doesn't give us a nice, pocketable definition. We have to struggle. We have to ponder. We have to wonder. We have to discern what this strange reality of the kingdom of God is. And Luke gives us a series of teachings about the kingdom of God, which I would like to look at under the rubric of a planting with promise this morning as we consider five aspects in this text. Width, depth, realism, focus, and paradox. Now, I know that's a lot to have to think about, and I don't expect you to remember it all. If you want to make some notes, you're welcome to do that. But these are the five aspects of this passage in Luke's Gospel that we're going to be looking at. And so we begin first with that tiny mustard seed. If you've ever seen one, they're they're really, really quite small. And Jesus says it's like a mustard seed that's planted and it grows into a tree. And many of the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. And what I'm concerned with this morning are those expansive branches. 
because it's a reminder that the kingdom is not about exclusivity, but for many, many birds. Now, in the journey of life, you will encounter some strange birds along the way who think and see life differently than you do. But this is about inclusiveness, not exclusiveness. And when you think of other religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, the Islam faith, Judaism, think back to that seed and those branches for the many birds to nest in. And then Jesus moves the teaching to the leaven. Again, a small, small amount goes in. We don't see what's happening. And something mysteriously and inwardly begins to grow. That is the depth of God's spirit in our lives. Now, in the West, we're so caught up in materialism and things, the external, and we think that's what really matters. But a planting of promise has to do with an inner God-growing reality. External things collapse. This inward Spiritual growth is pure gold when it comes to our faith and life reality. Well, then the text tells us that that Jesus was going from village and town teaching as he was journeying to Jerusalem. He is living his life vocation of teaching while also moving toward his destination and death in Jerusalem. Not so with us. We live our lives. We, we live our calling. We live our choices. We live everything that we do, how we spend our time fully engaged, however we choose to do that, not really thinking about our death until we get that wake-up call and know that we don't have long to live. And then we try to do everything we can to fend it off, to fight against it, until we finally have to accept it. And then that's our, our real direction. To live the kingdom reality of both our vocation and our termination is what realism is about. And that's what Jesus did. He was teaching while he was moving toward his termination. They weren't exclusive. He lived those with integrity. And I was uh, thinking, I don't know if any of you saw the, the final four 
of the NCAA men's basketball tournament a few weeks ago, but um, in one of those final four games, Villanova just trounced Oklahoma. I think the, the difference from the winning score to the losing score was the largest in Final Four history. And it reminded me of uh, years ago when Iowa State used to play the Plains uh, teams, you know, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and uh, Kansas. They would, you know, how people would put up signs. They'd make the big signs and hold them up, kill them, trounce them, crush them, all those kinds of things. Well, they did that with, uh, in those days, with Oklahoma and Kansas, but Nebraska was number one, and they had been beating teams by great margins. And um, just before tip-off in the Iowa State-Nebraska game, one of the Iowa State students held up a sign that said, maintain dignity against Nebraska. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of tension and balance that Jesus held between his vocation and his termination. with a sense of realism. Then our text goes on to that curious portion where one of the followers asked Jesus, how many will be saved? It was as though he was asking, is there room for me? Is there room for me? And Jesus talked about knocking at a door. And they say, we ate with you. you. You taught in our church. You were among us. And he will say, I don't know where you're coming from. Well, they came for communion. They came at Christ, Christmas and Easter. They had heard many, many sermons. And he said, we don't know where you're coming from. They had not made the crucial commitment to follow in the way of Christ. They were casual journeyers. And this is telling us there's not a lot of room for casual journeyers with Christ. It takes a real commitment. Kamikaze uh, pilot who survived the Second World War flew 15 missions, and he was giving a lecture one time, and uh, after he'd given his speech, there was a little time for Q&A, and one of the people in the audience was thinking and, about the definition of a kamikaze, and that he had flown 15 missions, and so he asked the question, he said, how is it you flew 15 missions? And the pilot thought for a moment, and he said, I was involved, but I wasn't committed. <laughs> the Christian life is not a casual stroll with Christ that fits into our crammed life agendas. The door requires decision, and commitment. It requires a focus. 
A planting with promise includes width, depth, realism, focus, and paradox. The first are last, and the last are first. In, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, it's the story of the separating of the sheep and the goats. And Jesus talks about those who did the right thing. He said, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. And they said, well, when did we? When did we do that? Well, when you gave a cup of water, when you clothed the naked, when you visited me in prison. Oh, we didn't know we'd done that. You see, they weren't calculating who's in and who's out. They were just doing it. The paradox is, is that they were surprised that they would make it in the end. The first shall be last and the last first. A planting with promise. Thy kingdom come. When we really pray, thy kingdom come. There is the width of kingdom reality. They nest. They make their homes in the branches. It's wide and expansive. There is depth in kingdom reality like leaven in a lump. There is realism in kingdom reality. Our vocation and termination are simultaneous. And there is focus in kingdom reality. Enter the door of commitment. And there is paradox in kingdom reality. The last or first and the first are last. In Hebrews 12:28 we're told that we are to have gratitude for this unshakable kingdom. This unshakable kingdom. But you know so many of the kingdoms of our world are very shakable. Political kingdoms are shakable. We know that just by reading history. We can look in more recent times at dictatorships. We can look at communism, shakeable, even capitalism, shakeable. Just look at the stock market. We look at ourselves and our own little kingdoms we build, and they're very shakeable. 
health. We want to somehow find the fountain of youth, but that too is shakable. There is only one kingdom that is unshakable, and that is God's kingdom. An unshaken, unshakable reality and kingdom. A planting with promise. Thy kingdom come. Planted within me. Planted within you. And planted in our world. Thy kingdom come. In our hearts. And in the heart of our very world. May it be so. Thy kingdom.